Welcome, welcome. Glad you're here. As Dan said, I am Tom. If you're new around here, I'm, uh, I serve as a teacher here at Life Community Church. And um, excited to share with you today, uh, we are continuing this series in Adventum. Uh, we are on a journey. We don't know exactly where this journey ends, but we feel compelled by God to take one step after the next and see where he's leading us. And so I, I want to start this morning by actually... Um, Sharing something that, that some have found fairly awkward, and I don't know that, um, I don't know that it really needs to be that awkward, um, but it's something that's been going on in my life recently. Um, and uh, it starts with a lunch. I, I have, I'm, I'm a, in spite of the fact that I, I stand in front of this body on a regular basis, I'm a pretty severe introvert. Um, I like my alone time a lot. Um, and um, and I'll, I'll get pretty sinful to protect it at times, but this isn't about that. Um, this is about the fact that I, on a regular basis, I like to eat lunch by myself, okay? I like it. I'm, when you go to the restaurant and you see that lonely person in the corner and you feel sorry for them, know this, they might be perfectly happy over there, okay? Your sympathy might, be, might not be necessary. But, but I, I like to eat lunch by myself, and there's a place near, near my, uh, my office. It's kind of a cool little diner, um, and I go in there. Every couple weeks, I go in and have a lunch in there. And, and there's a waitress who's, she's a bit older. She's older than I am, and I feel like I'm getting fairly old. Um, and sh- she hustles that lunch hour, man. She works hard. Um, and and I, I have thought, and this is, you know, my, my sympathy for her is, gosh, she's working so hard. This has got to be exhausting. And I, I just sort of, I have warm thoughts and feelings for her, okay? And so uh, at some point in time, she's been my waitress many times in this place. At some point in time, um, not too long ago, she came by to, to give me my check, and I said, thanks, sweetheart. That's not funny. It's not weird. <laughs> I just, it just kind of came out, okay? I mean, if this is, she's nothing more than my waitress at, at over-the-counter restaurant, okay? But, but it just, I just sort of said it, and I, I shared with some people, because immediately I sort of went like, uh, I don't think that happens on a regular basis. So I shared it first with my wife, who thought this was hysterical, <laughs> who then shared it with some friends who also decided to ridicule me. Okay? But then this happened. I was at lunch on Tuesday. Okay? This time I was not alone. I was with someone. There was a witness to this. Waitress came by. She picked up our payment, and she said, thanks, love. <laughs> Which to me felt perfectly normal. What's the big deal? The person I was eating lunch with, their eyes got a little big. They were like, what just happened here? <laughs> I said, it's just, you know, it's, it, that's, that's normal, common courtesy, right? I kid you not, on Thursday of this week, eating lunch alone, different restaurant, Waitress picks up my check and says, thanks, sweetheart, I'll be right back. I feel 100% vindicated. <laughs> it is not me, okay? And I wish it ended there. I had a late night Thursday night. I was out with one of my kids. We stopped at a restaurant. The hostess, in two sentences, called me darling and love when she was getting our table ready. I think it's all of you all who think this is odd that you're the ones that are weird, Okay? But there's no doubt, there's no doubt that we sort of have an uneasy relationship with affection and terms of affection. 
You know, we're not always sure where they apply and how they apply. We, we, we live at a point in time where we kind of, you do have to kind of worry, like, you know, something that I might feel is appropriate. How's the other person receiving it? How are they going to see it? Okay. It's just sort of, sort of the time that we live in. And I would say as well, one of the things I think that's true is that our uneasiness with affection, it, it's, it spills over into our spiritual life. We, we, we show up on a Sunday morning and we sing about, about God's love for us. And yet, this idea of God's love for us is somewhat nebulous. And for many of us, we don't really put God in a category where we, we, are, we are affectionate towards God or we feel necessarily love for him. We may feel some other things. And this morning, we're going to talk about this idea because in this series, one of the things we're doing with Adventum is we're trying to ready different areas of our life. And, and right now, we're in the midst of trying to ready our hearts, our hearts, the, 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 the core of who we are, the seed of our emotion, and, and also then our will, but, but getting our hearts ready. And I want to ask this question can we experience affection with Jesus or affection, I don't want to say for Jesus, that's one way. Can we experience it with him where we, we not only feel it for him, but we feel it from Jesus? And even asking that question, does it feel odd to us? Because for most of us, if we're going to be honest, we've taken a relationship with Jesus and we've sort of squarely put it up here in our head. We, we think about it. And then every once in a while, we think about what it means to have a relationship with him. Every once in a while, we might have some feeling, but I, I'm going to venture a guess that many of us, we're not sure what to do with it. We, we maybe even, we even like it, and so we might try to reproduce the feelings, or we wind up chasing the feelings. But it leaves us in this place where there's some, some awkwardness about our relationship with Christ. I would say that, that we tend to, these are tendencies, and this may not be you, but I think they're tendencies for us. We, we have a tendency to, to treat Jesus with respect, admiration. He's like our general, okay, and we salute him at different times. We may have a tendency to treat him with reverence or fear, you know, a, a fear in, in kind of the Old Testament sense of reverence and understanding that, that Jesus is special and unique, and, and with that comes a power and, and, and an authority, and so we treat him with, with reverence or fear. Maybe it's gratitude and thanks, that we, we treat him as if he's a donor that's, that's given us something that, that's very valuable, which he's done, but we sort of limit it to those things. And so affection with Jesus becomes a really interesting place for us, a difficult place for us to kind of get into and, and, and feel and to get a strong sense of what it means. And, and this morning, we want, to, we want to look at a passage of Scripture. Johanna mentioned this a few minutes ago. If you have a Bible and you turn to John chapter 15, John chapter 15, this is a significant passage of Scripture for our church. I don't want to you know, play around with this. If you've been around Life Community Church for more than a, a, a few years, you probably are aware of the fact that we come back to this passage on a regular basis because it seems to say things to us that, that matter. And it's one, of the, one of the purposes, main purposes we have in this Adventum series is to sort of refocus, reset our thinking and our, and our direction. And so we're going to look at John chapter 15. And I want to just read through the first 
11 verses here together. So let's read through this. John chapter 15, verse 1, and this is Jesus speaking. He says, I'm the true vine, and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch of me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes that it may, be, that it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers, and the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire and burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. But my Father is glorified when you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be full. Okay? This comes, John chapter 15, these 11 verses we read, come in the midst of what's called the upper room discourse. It's some of the last things Jesus said to his closest disciples prior to, to the Garden of Gethsemane and, and, and his betrayal and crucifixion. He's, he's, he's in a very intimate moment with them. And these are the words he uses. I'm, I'm the vine. My father's the vine dresser. You are branches. He, he sets up a relationship that says, there, there is a vine, it's, it is a, it's, it's the source of all nutrition and energy and all life for the branches is this vine. And he says about himself, he says, I'm the vine. Now my father's the vine dresser and, and he's, he is even above me, Jesus says. But, but I'm the vine and you're the branches. And then he says over and over again, he used a phrase, it's used nine times in here, Right? And the phrase is, abide in me. He uses this word, abide, okay? You may have a different translation. It's actually a difficult word to, to translate, and not because it's really complex. The actual, the Greek word, the reason it's so hard to translate is because it's a very simple word, okay? It's a simple word that has kind of a lot of connotation to it. And so when it comes to translating, it actually can be pretty difficult, um, it also, it's, it's translated, if you have different translations, you may see remain in me or remain in my love. You may see dwell, okay, dwell in my love. But, but it's, it's an idea that, that encapsulates, abiding encapsulates this, this key to understanding what Jesus is saying here in John chapter 15. When he says, when he says that, that if you don't abide, that, that you're like a withered branch that's gathered up and tossed into the fire, it's important to understand what abiding means. When he says that keeping my commandments and my commandments abiding in you, okay, so that your joy may be complete, abiding is the key to understanding what Jesus is saying. And so we want to do our best to try and understand something that, that over the years has become fairly complex. And of course, the, to, the, to abide means to stay close, okay, to get as close as you can get, to remain somewhere, to dwell somewhere. And I want to ask this question. Um, how many of you remember where you were on June 25th, 2009? Right? No one, right? I do. Okay. Now, we just had, we, you know, we just, we just had a, a Memorial Day on September 11th, and we kind of all remember that. That's a cultural touch point. I remember June 25th, 2009, because I was flying into Los Angeles to visit some friends, and when I landed, 
my friend, I, I called I, to make sure they were going to pick me up, and they said, Michael Jackson's dead. And I said, I didn't do it. I was on the plane. Okay? Like, I don't know what you're insinuating. That was honestly how they greeted me. And, and, and the truth is, I, I mean, I grew up around MJ, right? I knew his music, but it wasn't a big deal to me. But this, they were really connected to Michael Jackson. And so in my three or four days in Los Angeles, one of the things that we did was that we went to, um, like, the Hollywood, you know, the Walk of Fame with the stars, right? That are on the, and Michael Jackson's star, it turns out, is right outside Grauman's Chinese Theater. It's, it's right there. So they decided they wanted to go. And this was, this was a foolish decision because it seemed like half of Southern California wanted to be close to this star. And so they'd put little barricades around it. And there were, I mean, we waited in a whole mass. I, to say it was a line isn't really right. It was just a huge mass of people all so that we could kind of walk by a star on the sidewalk and go, okay, and move on, <laughs> right? And it was, it was, there were all kinds of people out there self-promoting and doing all kinds of things as the crowd amassed. But, but there's, there was something that told people to get, to go there, to get close to that place because of their af- affection for, their affinity for Michael Jackson, Okay. Now, in some ways, this is an analog for us, right? Because what Jesus says is, abide, get near, get as close as you can to me. Now, it's going to be very different. What these people were doing was trying to just walk past a spot on the sidewalk. And what Jesus is saying is he's saying in the same way, though, in the same way that there are people who just had to be there. They just had to bring flowers and put them down there. They just had to be in that spot. You have got to be close to me, Jesus says. Get close to me. I don't, if, if there's a long line, there's a long line, but I'm here. If there's, if there's work that's involved in getting, it's okay, I'm here, but get close to me. There's another, there's another aspect of abiding, and it's this, don't wander. Okay, when we think about abiding in Christ, we, think, we want to think about, don't wander. Now, again, we're, we're going to say more about these ideas in just a minute, but, but, um, but uh, this, this one kind of has an obvious spiritual connotation, right? We, we just talked about, just a moment ago, Dan talked about when this Wednesday night, a time for us to think about the, the, uh, um, our, our time in the Word and, and studying the Bible. And if you, again, if you've been around the Christian faith for any period of time, in all likelihood, you've probably had some, some periods of time where you've really been devoted to the study of the Word, and you've probably had times where you might say, I've kind of wandered away from that. Okay? Now, well, with, at the risk of being legalistic, okay, there is a, there is, there's something essential in us to get there and then work to stay there. Abiding in Christ means we do the work to get close, but then we don't just wander by and brush up against Christ. We get there and we stay there. We abide. We remain. We dwell. It becomes our place of residence, right? But there's even more to this word, and um, this is a, it's a strange idea, and, but as we take a deeper look, this word actually implies something physical. It implies something physical, and I'm going to do something this morning that is, I'm going to embarrass a young lady in the room, okay? I asked her, and she said no, but I'm her dad, so I'm doing it anyway, okay? This word abide actually has a connotation of like, here, come get close to me, and then stay there. This is Sophie, my daughter. This would have been much 
better for her if I had done this like six months ago when she was not in the room, but she's here now, as lovely as ever, okay? But from the time that Sophie was just a tiny little thing, she very much wants, phys- like she wants to be in close proximity to us. And I, she's, look, she's kind of a daddy's girl, and I'm not, like she's lovely. I don't want to say no to that, right? And sometimes, oh, I need commentary here. Sometimes, by the way, sometimes this physical proximity, this, this getting close, it's, it's about joy, right? Like, I'm so happy that I want to, I just, I want to hug you. Now, that doesn't happen to me very often, but, but sometimes I'm told that it happens for other people. I'm, I'm so happy, I just want to get close to you. I want to I be in your arms, okay? I tend to go like, Pat on the back, like, I'm so happy, I'm going to pat you on the back of your shoulder, okay? But for some, and this idea, this word carries, but that's one reason we kind of maybe get into someone's chest. Sometimes it's exhaustion, okay? We love to camp, and when, when Sophie was little, she'd go to camp, and she would run like crazy, and then she would just crash. And I, I think this is the reason I started camping with my family, because Sophie was going to crash, and I could scoop her up and hold her, and she'd go to sleep right there, and I'd, I'd get that great feeling of just having her there with me, close, okay? Now, there's something else that's lovely about Sophie, okay? This was just a few weeks ago. This is the part that she really hates, okay? <laughs> this was just a few weeks ago in a public place with many of her own age, she came up and just put her arms around me and stood there and let me put my arms around her. And that's awesome, okay? She just wants to be close. Now, this is where it gets really weird on us, okay? Because I can inhabit the 40-something-year-old dad who loves to put his arms around his little girl and hold her like this. But what's really difficult for me is for me to make myself the 12-year-old girl with my Savior and to try and get my head in his chest. But that's what John 15 is saying. Come here, remain with me, let me hold you, and just set up camp in my arms. What a bizarre idea. It's, a, it's weird, okay? I don't know how else to say it. It doesn't equate for us in ways that, that, that we, we regularly live out once we get old enough or, or sophisticated enough or, or you know, jaded enough. We don't, we don't look at, at these things this way. But I, I want to assert something, and, and it's that at the core of all of this is an issue of trust. It's an, it's an issue of trust. And, and trust as understood as, we would say, as understood as faith. That, that this is the place Christ wants us to be. That for him to be our, our Lord and our Savior is for us to get near to him. Not just in a way that, this, that, that keeps us from heaven or sends us to heaven or keeps us from hell, but in a way that actually brings something to our life. 
that actually touches our heart, that actually moves in us in ways that have impact on our life. So we could say this, that to abide, Jesus is saying, longhand, right? He says, abide in me. He could be saying, stay near to my heart. My heart is where you find love. Stay near. Come on in here. Let me put my arms around you. Let me hold you. Once you get here, what's the rush? Why are you, why are you so quick to get away? Can't you stay a while? Can't you just kind of hang out here with me? We, we spent last week, we're, we're in this idea of, of um, a ready heart. And we looked at some, some scripture last week that, that says in readying our heart, there's sort of two realities. And the first reality was that if, if our hearts are going to be ready, we have to be serious about repentance of sin. We have to call sin, sin, and we have to repent of it. And in response to repentance, or in the, the next, steps, next step beyond repentance, we have to surrender to Christ as our Lord. We have to give up certain things in our life that, that he said are incompatible with, with my lordship, my, the, the relationship you want to have with me. Another reality that we find this week with this passage in John 15 is this, that having a ready heart means staying close to Christ's loving heart. Okay, but how? Okay, and this is, we're, we're, good, we're moving here, we're transitioning. Because at this point in time, it's an idea, and I think it's an idea that, that we find in ourselves. We find a longing for it. We find a longing to, bo- to be long. We, f- we, we find a longing to be in this place with Christ, secure. But, but it's not something that, again, hits us in practical ways. And so if we, turn, if we look back at John 15, we're going to find three ifs. There's a lot in John 15, but... But in looking at this, I just want to isolate three ifs. There's three if statements. So take a look at the first one, and I'm going to summarize it this way. It says, if, 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 it's this, if we don't abide, okay, we're dismissed. Now, I don't think, I want to give a caveat here, and people will disagree about this, but I don't think that John chapter 15 is about salvation or not, okay? Because at the very beginning of this, he says, you're already clean, okay? You're already clean. You've trusted the word that I've given you. You're already clean. I've made you clean. And so what we find next, I don't think is a statement that says, you know, if you don't abide, that the fires of hell are going to get hotter and you're going to wind up in them. But it does say this. It says in verse 6, if anyone does not abide in me, he's thrown away like a branch and withers, and the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire, and burned. I do think what he is saying is this, that with, with, we, can, we can be clean We can be with him, and yet we can also still be lifeless. Do you catch that? We can sort of be on our way to heaven, if you will, but we can still not really be experiencing everything that Christ is offering us in this life. We've got to get close to him, continue to move near him, and then to stay with him, or we kind of wither up. And the withered branches are worthless. They're, they're, they serve no purpose. There's no vitality or usefulness. They're just sort of there, and we have a phrase, right? Like dying on the vine. And so that's the first if statement. 
the second one, the second if is this. If we ask, we'll receive. Look at verse 7. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. And here's, we, we, if we read that verse in isolation, we go, hot dog, I've got my genie, right? I've got my genie. Well, I'm doing my devotions every day. I'm praying. I'm going to church. I'm in a small group. I'm serving in the, the whatever capacity. I'm doing all the things. I want money, influence, love. Where is it? Okay? But that's not really what's said here, right? Because what it's saying is, if I get closer to Christ, and if, if my heart becomes aligned with his heart, guess what? My requests, the requests of my heart, the desires of my heart, those desires begin to align with his. And so I can ask with confidence and security and assurity that he's going to respond. But that's the third one where I want to stay for a few minutes here. Look at this third thing. He says this, and this one is different, right? The first two say, if you abide, then this. This third one says, if you obey, that's when you will abide. Now, I don't love this statement because I like to be in charge. And as much as I sort of have a life that acknowledges that Jesus should be in charge, I really, at the end of the day, I don't want him meddling in my life. I don't want him telling me what I should and should not be doing. I don't want him setting up boundaries, particularly boundaries that keep me from something on the other side of the boundary that I and my flesh want. So that's one reason we don't like this. Another reason we may not like this statement is because some of us have, have come through Christian environments where these kinds of statements are used to beat us up, right? Because we read them in this way. If you don't do what Jesus says, Jesus doesn't love you. And if you've heard that, if that's been said, and you've somehow absorbed that, and it's become a part of, of your, your, the way that you engage with Christ, I want to ask forgiveness for whoever it is that, that gave you that idea. Notice where this whole thing started. It started with, you are clean. I've done, I love you, Jesus says, because, just because of who you are, where you are, I love you. I've done everything to keep you connected to me. But you know what? There's more of me to be had than you presently have. There's more of what I've got to offer than what you're currently experiencing. And the truth is, it doesn't matter if you've known Jesus for a day or you've known Jesus since birth. There's more of him than you've currently got access to. There's more of him to give. His supply of love is unlimited. We get to it. We get to it by listening to what he says and, and getting near him in ways that he's told us. He's, he's given us places that he, he can be found. And so by obedience, we're not talking about, I don't think Jesus is talking about, a list of rights and wrongs and do's and don'ts that every one of them that you violate, somehow Jesus moves you down the love ladder somewhere. But what we are saying, what we are saying is that no matter where you find yourself, 
no matter where I am, I have greater access to all of Christ than I'm currently experiencing. And the more I, I obey, and the reason it's obey is because obedience follows directly out of trust. So the more I trust him and follow him and walk with him, the more like the 12-year-old girl I become, getting close to his chest. The more I get into a position where I'm, I'm moving towards his embrace. Look at these couple verses. Verse 10, John 15, 10. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I've kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. But look at verse 11. The very next thought. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you, and your joy may be full. That your life, see, this isn't about, it, 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 there's so many wrong ways to, to look at, at Christ and his relationship to us and ours to him. It, this isn't about trying to earn his approval. This is about being filled with the very thing that gives him Joy, that relationship with the Father, getting near to him so that the love of God flows through him to us so that we can experience joy. Not just momentary contentedness, but joy, honest to goodness, joy that, that flows through him to us and even out of us. There's, of course, a danger in this, right? There's, of course, a danger. There's many, but, but there's, of course, a danger in us believing or getting to a place where, where our thinking is that, that again, I've, I've got a list of, of either rights and wrongs, and if I do the wrongs, God doesn't love me, or rights, that if I do the rights, he's going to love me more. The fact of the matter is, God's love for you through Christ is unbounded. It's off the leash. Right? It's running all over your life. What we're looking at, what we're looking for are ways for us to get near to him so that that love is experienced in our lives. And I'll end with another thought about even just a way that we understand this. And it is the same way. I'm, I'm going to go back to this as parents and children. If you're, if you're a parent or a child, I think you're going to understand this. I, I love my kids. I wish, though, that they would pick up their dirty undies. Okay? I love them so much. I wish they'd lock the door when they leave the house. I, I do. Okay? I love them. And, and the fact of the matter is, when they don't do those things, I don't love them less. And the reason I want them to do those things, well, the undies is just gross. But the reason I want them to do those things is because it's in, it, it really is, and even the undies in some regard, is it's really about a better life for them. Not, it, it's about becoming someone. Now, I'm not Jesus. So, so that desire for them to become something is really intermixed with my desire to not have to look at their dirty clothes, my flesh. But thank goodness Jesus ain't me. 
So I can, I can look from my angle and sort of start to understand what Jesus is saying with this. And at the same time, understand that his is incorruptible. With Jesus, there isn't any of the, boy, my life would just be better if you didn't. Jesus has already given his life for all the things that we ought not to have done. See, he's already crossed that threshold. He sacrificed himself so that we could come to him. What he's saying to us now in obedience is, there are places that I exist, that I dwell. There are places where I can be found. And if you'll get in those places, you're going to find I'm there. Don't drift away from them. Get as close to them as you possibly can. Venture into those areas. And there are many, but folks, I don't, again, at the risk of being legalistic, I'm just going to say this. One of those places is the scriptures. He's, it's where he's found. If we, 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 again, we may have become jaded to it. We may have, have reacted to people telling us that if you don't study your Bible today, God doesn't love you. But the reality is, Getting there, going there, is a, is a way where God says, I'm here and my arms are open. Just come over here and sit with me. Hear what I've done for you. Stop for a minute. Don't wander away from it. Rest there. Make it a part of just all your days, all your moments. It's why, it's why we're taking an early step here around here. And this, it's why next Wednesday night, of course, it's, it's an option for you to be there, but it's why we're putting energy into it and trying to encourage you to be there because the fact of the matter remains that let's not, let's not, not overcomplicate this. Do, you want to, do we want to experience the love of Christ? Do we want to get into this joy he's talking about? We need to be with him in the scriptures. He's told us, he's, he says in, it, right there in John, he says, you're clean because of my word. Now abide, he says in, in verse 7, abide in my word. Abide in my word. Get there. Rest in it. Dwell in that place. Right? Let's pray. God, we thank you for... Um, we, we thank you for, for just the way that you do love us and how different it is from the love that we, that we give and the love that we experience. We thank you that you've, you've already gone before any of our actions or any of our failures, our attempts. And you've loved us enough to give your life for us. We thank you, Christ. And God, we ask as we, as we move into this, even this whole realm of, of feeling your love and readying our hearts and trying to get to places where we can connect with you, we ask that you'd go before us and you'd, you would keep us from attacks of, of personal self-righteousness, of, of um, just going through the motions without really hearing you and sensing who you are. And God, we thank you that we don't do this alone. We thank you that, that you're found in community. You're found in, in the fellowship, the, 
the relationship that we have with one another. And we ask that, that as we step forward, that we know you're with us, but we ask that your presence would be felt. And God, I want to, I want to pray specifically right now for, for those who have, who have stepped away from, from this, um, who've, who've begun to doubt whether or not you really are found in these places. I want to pray that, that your spirit would move and prompt and that I want to pray for, for a sense this, this week, these coming days, that you are present in this. That, that our obedience, our moving towards you would result in the joy that you promise. That your joy would be in us. We'd be full of it. We could sense it. Know it. So God, we, we thank you and we praise you, and we trust you that you are in this with us. And we do all of this because of Christ, and in his name we pray, amen.